What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 45 of the Sean Salisbury Show right here on the Believe Network. We got a lot of football to talk about. A scary incident happening last night is what will lead off the show. And then our college teams let us down. They let us down in a big way in two games that, in my opinion, they both should have won. But we'll get into that later in this episode. But as always, we start this. We're brought to you by Bet Online. Here are Segs, and basketball is also back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchups, info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events whether it's the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, and many, many more. Use uh, head to uh, use it and head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, BLEAVE, to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So last night we had one of the bigger regular season games of the year. We had playoff implications. We had the one seed on the line with the Bills, the Bengals trying to win the AFC North. So two titans of the NFL clashing there with Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, two great teams, two Super Bowl contenders meeting last night on Monday Night Football to round out just a action-packed weekend of college football and the NFL. A ton of good games and about halfway through the first quarter, we saw something that I've never seen. I know it's happened a long, long time ago, but uh, T. Higgins comes across the middle and DeMar Hamlin, the DB on the Bills, comes, makes a tackle on T. Higgins, and you kind of watch it and you're like, that's just a normal tackle, what we're used to seeing. And we see those every single game, multiple times a game. DeMar Hamlin stands up and then he collapses backwards immediately as soon as he stands up. And you could tell by the way the players reacted and how fast the medical people got out there and then more medical people and then the ambulance. And it turns out he suffered cardiac arrest. Um, They performed CPR. Uh, They took him by ambulance and ambulance actually came on to the field, which I don't ever remember seeing. If I did, I'm just forgetting it. And then they took him to the local uh, University of Cincinnati Hospital there, which is a level one trauma center. And it was just a very scary and put everything into perspective for a lot of people, people who cover the game like us, people who play the game, like all the players, people who coach the game, all the personnel on both of these teams and all around the league. It was just a very scary, scary moment. What was your thoughts as you're watching this unfold live last night on Monday Night Football? Well, I think like the rest of us, a confusion at first. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we we get so caught up in, and rightfully so, is head trauma that goes yeah. on, but the hit didn't look at The first thing you think of is, did it knock him out? That's the first thing. You're not thinking about a heart. Especially you know, after all the stuff. Tua stuff and right, you know, right. It, that's where and, everybody went. And the CTE that's constantly yep. talked about and concussions on a regular basis. 
I don't think the first thing we think about because we're talking about a 24 year old and we've, we haven't heard a history of heart issues or anything. First thing you think about is, Oh my gosh, is his head. Okay. That was a, where did the knockout shot come from? And then when you see it again, you say, man, I still don't know where that came from. And I saw it the second time and the way he went down, I thought this is, you felt different. Right. Yeah. And says so I couldn't, I haven't watched it a second time. A no, second replay yeah. because I, 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 I just can't for obvious reasons. I mean, I, I, there's certain things that I still, and not to compare the two, but I, I can remember when Joe Theismann got hit by Lawrence Taylor and that feeling, and that was a lower extremity with his, his broken leg. I still have not watched the replay after I saw it the first time, all these years later, because of the sickness in my stomach. Well, now, and we, we are, you know, I don't know if when it comes to that, we have kind of become desensitized to knees and shoulders and, right. and hands. You know, I've seen guys with the bone pop out. It happened to me, you know, and I see guys with the bone pops out of the skin and a compound fracture and guys tape it up and are playing in a second half or, you know, it's it crazy stuff. Right. right? And so you, we just go into in a short period of time, all these thoughts hit your mind. And you, the last thing you're thinking of is a 24 year old, that something's wrong with his heart. And so I said, the head thing, Katie, but, but then, and I had the game, I was recording it too. So I could rewatch the play of the quarterbacks yeah. in these playoff teams. And, and then I was listening to Joe Buck and Susie Culver back in the studio and, and Troy Aikman and Joe, and then Susie and Booger and, and Schefter and what, what, it, you know, how they had to handle this. And as it started to go on, when you go back and listen, I, and anytime it came on, I, I can't watch it. Right. Then you start to understand the severity, the sobering part of, of it, because we look at these guys and having played it, I've seen plenty of knee injuries. I've seen plenty of times where they'll bring something out and one or never the ambulance on the field. But I remember I was playing and covering a time when Mike Utley for the Detroit Lions, you know, first thing comes is head injuries and paralysis. We don't think of right. cardiac cardiac arrest. And then, you're, I mean, you think of that, I mean, I don't mean that, but you think of that when somebody's a hundred years old, right? right? Okay. When they're, when they're doing something, you're like, oh my gosh, well, that's the first thing you think of for when it's, you're talking about your grandparents or your great grandparents. And so as, as it's going on, you start to think, dear Lord. And then you see the emotions of the players. And when people ask, ask me about the emotions, the raw emotion, the raw emotion's real because they're around these, the, the, these players more than they are their families. Yeah. I know even as a player, you're around them more during the season. I mean, it's, they, they are family. And so, and then you start to realize what comes into play is, and I, God forbid anything goes worse than that. He'll be okay and make a full recovery that tomorrow Hamlin is, is going to make a full recovery. And then the career, I don't care about right now. I mean, one day I'm sure he will, but care about his health and his family. And mm -hmm. I thought, dear Lord, what must be going through his parents and his, you know, his mother and his teammates, their thoughts. And then when they started talking about the heart and cardiac arrest and CPR, it's like the game you knew right there, we can't do this. And I right. don't, I know that they said that they're not playing it this week. I don't know how you can play it, period. Right. At some point in time, whether it's three weeks from now, I don't, whatever the NFL does, they made the right decision. There was no other decision but to stop that game. <clears throat> and for him, obviously, and how you can expect guys that are hugging opposing teammates to go out there and try to play football, is it, you just can't. And it's unsafe. You, it's unsafe yes, for these of guys. Of course to it play is. That. Huma humanity and compassion, all the, all the things that, that we hope we all stand for, you know, and so I was devastated and gut wrenching. And then my thought, please let this young fella 
please let DeMar Hamlin get through this, right? And, you know, you still go through it. Good gracious, critical condition and sedated, and they hope for a full recovery. I'm not a doctor. I'm sure as heck not going to play one. I've just never seen. And then when you start to see how he fell back and, and collapsed, and then you realize it was a heart, it's like, oh. Then you start to go, well, then you start asking yourself, is it hereditary? What happened? Are we doing enough? I mean, that's not to blame everybody. And talk about heroes now, our first responders and the folks who got out there to revive yes. him and make sure that yep. he was able to get into the ambulance and he's, you know, at the hospital and and hopefully again making a full recovery. But it's emotional because we we see so many. I mean, listen, I'm not taking for granted somebody blows out a knee or gets hurt or gets hurts their neck or something because the, the hell that that's important to them too and their families. But when it comes to this, and we have seen horrible, I was at, you know, going to SC, Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball were in the same at SC with me. Mm-hmm. And both tremendous, tremendous guys, right? And when Coach Morrison was there, he had recruited them both, and they were just phenomenal teammates and friends. And then when they, you know, Coach Morrison left, and then and he went, they went with Coach Westhead to Loyola Marymount, they transferred, right, Segs? Right. And I can remember still to this day what happened to Hank Gathers on the court. And I know Reggie Lewis, and we've seen others, but Hank Gathers, because I'd see him every day at Heritage Hall, you know, and so you're like, oh. And then you start to think, last night I was thinking, oh, my gosh, think about teammates and what they're going through, and please let this guy fight, you know, let his strength and the, his youth and his health fight him through what is a horrible situation. So I went through a million emotions and still am, you know, they're going to play football again at some point and yeah. it's going to be difficult to go out there, but you're going to play for your team. And last night was not the time. And to, to even concern ourselves with it is, is, is we, we, we got to move it towards making sure DeMar Hamlin is taken care of, but um, what a, what a horrible situation. And I know we always add, pers- we overuse these words perspective and, or maybe we don't use them in the right term enough yeah. or we don't apply them enough. But you want to talk about a sobering, scary situation for his family and him and for those teammates. And uh, it's and I think because we see these guys say we've watched these athletes that play in a completely they, they're they're alien athletes because they do things that the normal human right. being we can't fathom doing right. Guys making great catches or tackles or run so fast or dunks or 500 foot home runs or throwing a ball 101 miles an hour in baseball you're like we assume we 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 attach them both superman talent dresses in a phone booth nothing can happen to this athlete right Right. they overcome knee injuries so fast when we're dealing with the heart it brings a perspective of now we're dealing with this is every day parallel to human life that we don't see people's jobs at a, at an office that go through it or somewhere else. It's because it's on TV. It's like, it's right. It's like, no, 24 year old athlete, that doesn't happen to them. And it normally doesn't, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. But I, uh, the emotions are rampant, but I, I think we, I don't think we take the athletes for granted. I think we put a cape on all of them and thinking that the normal things that happen to humans can't happen to a 24 year old superhuman athlete, which, most of these guys playing are they're at a different level. So I, I could, you know, we can go on and talk about it for days. The bottom line is it was scary. And if you, the fraternity of playing football, even when you've retired, you still part of that fraternity. And I know in how many, how, how often you spend with your teammates, you could see the flowing tears because guys, mortality hits you say, yeah, you know, we don't know what it hits when you lose a parent. It hits us. Cause that's your parent. 
when it hits you when you and when it's shoulder to shoulder with a buddy you practice with and just got done laughing with in the locker room before the game and were intense with and get ready and practice with all week and he's 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 part of it. The mortality kicks in. And you're thinking, dear lord, this is one of the this is a highly trained athlete. How does this happen? Well, you know that's for doctors to figure out. But the bottom line, these things do happen, and it's real and it's sobering and and it's it's gut wrenching. And I hope that he's okay and and that his family uh, that they get through this and come out the other side and and that he gets to live a normal, happy, healthy, fully recovered life. Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. And it's just. You know, it, it's so sad to think about the fact his mother being in the stands, his family <laughs> being in the stands, having to see that, you know, happen right in front of them and then have to, you know, get down to the to the area of the ambulance. The mom rode with DeMar to the hospital. And then, you know, for me, when I saw he was put on a ventilator, you know, that's just one of the scarier things you can imagine. You know, I was put on a ventilator just over a year ago, a year and a half or so ago when it came with COVID. And it's just, you know, one of the scarier things. And I was on it for, I think it was 56 days. And it's, you hope that it's not that long because, you know, mine was more lungs related. His is heart related, but the ventilator allows his body to relax some and not put so much strain on the heart and everything. And you just hope that, you know, the, the, he's at a world-class hospital right there in Cincinnati doctors. I'm sure from, they've talked to other doctors from all around the country, from the best hospitals, the NFL has their doctors. So he will find answers as to why he's getting getting the best care he can possibly get in this world uh, coming from all over the country to help him and the Buffalo Bills family. Right. Segs, think about you talk about your ventilator and how scary that was for you. And your, you know, I'm asking your wife would be, I know what she was going through and mm-hmm. conversations when, you know, when it was happening and that's how we had to communicate you, how scary it was for people close to you and your own family. Right. And you mentioned about the mom and the ambulance and think about and going through it. I just think about, do you want to add perspective? Think about what parents do. You saw it. Cameron rising going because of his leg again, his parents yeah. in the locker room. I remember the very first time I blew out my knee. Even then, it's devastating for parents. Right. My mom and dad were at Arizona State when it happened. And my dad came down to the sidelines. Coach Robinson had brought him down to the sidelines and sitting right there. And I could see the concern, my, the, the concern, and my dad flushed. And I mean, here's my dad, an 82nd Airborne Ranger right. in the Army, and he's not supposed to be worried about anything, right? But you could just on a knee, it was torn ligaments in my knee. At the time, we didn't know, but I think about that concern. And now think about the concern it must be for a family and teammates. When an ambulance carts you off, you're not helped off. And an ambulance uh, drives away and the mom's in there with the family and the teammates because you feel helpless. And, right. and you know, you, you're on hope and faith and prayer and, 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 and trusting and that God's hands also with those that are taking care of of DeMar and that everybody's taking care of the right way, you know? So um, you think about that and I know what that, and now heighten it by a thousand when you're talking about CPR and, and, you know, ventilators, what that family must've gone through. That sickens me to think. And it, it's, and it's just a, more amazing. And you know what Sags? in truth, the fact that he's a, maybe the highly trained athlete, mm-hmm. <laughs> The, the blessing of at 24 being able to handle and fight through that tough right. and get through it. 
you know, we, we may not know, but I would imagine there's part of that that exists as well. So we just, we just gotta, I mean, we look at them as heroes, the heroes of helping save lives and how these young men are so strong and physical, but they, 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 they go home to families and they got kids and they, they, they wake up to breakfast and have good days and tough days, just like everybody else, because they're so good at what they do. We forget that they're human and we can't desensitize our desensitize desensitize ourselves to that or anything else because I mean we got a young man fighting for his life and a family that's begging and praying for prayers and that he makes a full recovery. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm no doctor. I'm, I don't know medical stuff at all. But to me it just feels like every minute, every hour, every day that goes by that he's still pushing on, still fighting just yep. seems to me like it's better. You know, it, it it's just He's getting that much better every single day. Oh, I'm every holding out the hope he's making a full recovery. Yeah, and then exactly. it's going to be, you know, the, the, the greatest of it all, he makes a full recovery. It was one of those things that for whatever, however, yeah, whatever something it was. was off that night or whatever, if it was the hit that caused something mm -hmm. and that they get it fixed and that he makes a comeback and comes back and plays. If he, if, if this is what he wants to do, 100% healthy and shows people resilience. And if he wants to play again and his family decides and the doctor's clear, then you go play again and do what you do. Right. I mean, but that'll be a decision he and the doctors make, but that's what you hope for a full recovery. He's 24. His whole life's in front of him. Right. And and let's pray that that's the case. So the, the ability to, and you're exactly right. It feels like the more, and then the news coming out, all we can go by is what we hear from yes. that. He's that he's resting and that he's sedated and they hope to make a full recovery. And like you said, he's got the best care on the planet. And at 24, he'll fight his ass off. And, yes, and, and he got a lot of people, I believe in prayer, prayer strong. And I know when you got that many prayers working for one man and it crossed, it didn't matter what walk of life you were from, what team you rooted for. If you didn't watch sports, if you weren't watching the game, if you were, if you loved the Buffalo Bills, if you were a Cincinnati Bengals fan, if you're an opposing team, it, it did not matter. Everything and everyone's whole focus was coming down one tunnel to support this young man. And let's hope uh, DeMar Hamlin makes a full recovery. For yeah, sure. it, it, one last thing about this was it was great to see, you know, he had his uh, charity, his his foundation that was doing a drive, a toy drive. And, you know, it was a GoFundMe and they had it up for just twenty five hundred dollars. All he was, you know, all they were asking for. Well, they kind of turned that into just a, a fund for his foundation overall. And like I said, twenty five hundred dollars in the Bills, Bills Mafia, the Bills fans are known for if someone gets hurt like uh who was it was it Andy Dalton I want to say got hurt in a Bills game and they just flooded his charity with donation after donation well last I saw DeMar Hamlin's foundation was pushing five five or six million I don't even remember I I couldn't find it just in those few seconds but I mean we're talking over five million dollars it's going to push probably 10 by the time everything's done and it's just great people to see want to people be good, coming sakes. together yeah most people want to be good. Yes, exactly. They, they really do. And they want to do the right thing. And whatever it is, it's helping him and his charity and pushing it forward and supporting him doing the right thing. That's for sure. sure. For sure. And, it, you know, it, it's hard to move on and talk about other football stuff. But before we jump to the college football playoff, something involving one of the college football playoff teams, and it's year two of now we're going through it again. Jim Harbaugh has been contacted by the Panthers and by the Broncos about their head coach openings. Now, Jim came out last year, told Ward Manuel, told 
the Michigan fans. He just told the Michigan fans a month ago that he was going to be Michigan's coach in 2023 and beyond. He told Ward Manuel, the AD of Michigan last year, that this was a one-time thing. Last year when he flirted with the Minnesota Vikings, where a lot of people thought he was getting that job. Well, here we go again. The rumors are persistent. There's people out here saying that if he gets an offer, he's gone. Um, If you're Jim Harbaugh, first of all, do you owe it to Michigan to say, after everything you've said, come out and say, you know what, I am looking again. I'm talking to these teams. I'm seeing what's out there. Or do you have to come out and say, guys, I'm not going anywhere. Yes, these rumors are out there, but here I am putting my fist down. I'm not leaving the University of Michigan. And you'll probably get a new contract out of it because most every coach that goes to the playoff gets a new contract every single year. Uh, So what are your... Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thoughts on this situation with Jim Harbaugh, the Panthers, the Broncos, and the University of Michigan. And I have a question I'm going to ask you when I'm done answering this. One is, Jim Harbaugh is a hell of a football coach. He's taken an NFL team and to a Super Bowl and two uh, Michigan teams to back-to-back years in the Final Four. He's a good football coach. Make no mistake. A hell of a coach. And I know he loves the University of Michigan. I think we all do. Like most of us love our alma maters, right? And Jim Jim is a good representative of of Michigan, and the kids love him. Here's what – all all I'm asking for this, and you know I've known Jim for, what, Mm -hmm. hell, a couple decades, right? I know how competitive he is. Number one is – it's a good thing if you're and understand when I say this, when your coach is getting offered jobs, it's a good thing because he's a good coach. Yes. Okay. He's not just getting left behind because he can't coach and he has to go be a head coach and decide if he wants to be a, an assistant or get out of it, get into television, you know, all those things. And there's good coaches that go into television and come back and great coach right. like Sean Payton's going to do. So let's preface that right off the bat. I'm just waiting one time, Segs, and maybe and that's not fair to say it one time. It shouldn't be an umbrella statement because we've had it happen before where guys have committed and stayed or said they were leaving and left. And then we get a lot of times I'm not talking to people and they leave. Yeah. Just, just all I'm asking this is just be honest that that is it. And I'm not saying Jim won't be. I'm just talking about can we please get to a point when there's so much bullshit that goes on with name, image and likeness and. Coaches can't stand when players say they're coming and then they leave and transfer or they don't play in a bowl game or or they they'll tell them they're going there and then they boom at the last second flip their recruiting or a coach offers a kid a scholarship, finds a better player in the transfer portal. And then he tells the kid, we don't have a scholarship for you. All these things that go back and forth. I'm begging. The, the only thing in my my only response to this is just tell us the truth yeah. and then we'll live with it. If you're if you're got an offer and you really consider taking it just tell us yeah let 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 them and i say us tell us all tell the football world if you've been contacted don't lie to us because it makes it worse whether you stay or go if you've been contacted or your agent's been contacted what's wrong with just saying yes i've been contacted that's usually what happens when you got good and he can just he can deflect it to you got a good coaching staff and good football players i'm at a good university we're fortunate because these players 
people come and offer opportunities. So yes, I'm listening or I have, and if he's staying, I have, listen, I've heard there, there's opportunities. My agents fielded a few of them. I promise you, as I'm sitting here, I am not leaving the university of Michigan or right. yes, I've come to a conclusion. I am going to leave or I'm fielding offers. I'm going to hear what's happening. If you do that, we may not like it, but I'll live with it and you'll be more respected in the fans world, the coaching world, the university world. And you won't shut off the bridge that you, that, that many burn along the way. Right. Just be honest. That, that's all I'm at. It can't be that friggin' hard. And so tell the truth. I'm sure. Listen, we're not idiots. I'm sure the Colts, I, I'm, I'm sure. I don't think it stops at Carolina or, or, or the uh, Denver Broncos. Hell, I'm sure there's going to be two or the, the, yep. Why wouldn't the Houston Texans if Lovey Smith and why wouldn't they be interested? Why wouldn't somebody else be interested? Of course you should be interested in Jim Harbaugh. Here's what I want to know, Sigs, and I have to you. So my whole thing is I'm just asking one thing, Sigs. Just tell me the truth. If you're if you're fielding calls or looking, just tell us. Yeah. And doesn't you love Michigan, but your your agent's fielding them and you don't know what's going to happen. And just be honest as you're rolling through this recruiting thing, right? And to the to the fans that at, at a point in time, no matter how good you were, you were losing Ohio State, that there were fans and part of that fan base who wanted Jim out when things yes. weren't this good. That's right. So remember where you came from and where you were and now, and Jim had donated money during COVID. All it took a pay cut, all those yep. things. Just be honest. And I flip this now and I say, okay, with that in mind, if you're Jim and you do, you're going to go, you damn well better. Go somewhere you can win. In Michigan, you get 20 first rounds, 22 first rounders every year. In the NFL, if you get two, your team's really bad. If you get one or you made a trade, if you get one and you're at the top, you're going to a bad team, and your chances of getting fired are more there than they are in the University of Michigan. Yep. You're winning nine games, cup hell or high water at Michigan. And that's an average season for Michigan fans and alumni right. to stomach. So just be, make sure of that, but be honest. So, Segs, let me flip this. Jim's got unfinished business on two levels. He hasn't won the elusive national title for his alma mater, and his brother beat him in a Super Bowl. And I can tell you this, listening to John give a speech when I was in person with John, his brother, that doesn't go away. He told right. stories about <laughs> they, getting in wrestling matches in the, at, the, at the beach because Jim's still pissed that he lost. John tells great stories about yeah. it. So, and it exists, like I said, between Tom Crean, who's the father, the mm -hmm. son, the, the brother-in-law, married to Jim's sister, and the dad, who's a coach yep. and has been a coach, and the two sons, that's a fight and competitive family now, and they want to compete. So to Jim, what matters the most? Are you Is, is the national, elusive national title? I think if he'd have won this, Segs, there may have been a better chance that he has a chance that he, that he would have left. Agreed. Agreed. I, I, I do. But I think unfinished business, you left the NFL and came to your alma mater, which is awesome, but you felt that you were so close. So I'm sure that exists, ego and pride. The NFL is supposed to be the top dog. But for pay now, the college is on equivalent with the NFL. And in some cases, they're making more now yeah. at the top 10 oh, yeah, job. For sure. I personally would find it hard to leave a top 10 college football job to go back to an NFL to a bad team, which is where you're going Yeah, to start. So I will ask you, does he love Michigan more than he loves the NFL? That's... What is your feeling and what do feeling? What's the feeling about his passion? Is it more Michigan? When he, when he, if he was going into the NFL and College Hall of Fame and you got to choose whatever colors you wanted and they were all one Hall of Fame, right. not different, right? right? Right, Would he choose, was it blue and maize, Segs? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Maize and blue, right? Yeah, maize and blue. Maize and blue or the, 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 the 49ers gold and – or he was also captain comeback with the Colts, but would it be the yeah. 49ers red and 
the, the golden red, or would it be the Michigan maize and blue? I feel like it would be Michigan just because he was a coach and a player. So, you Agreed. know, he, he did good things as a quarterback at the University of Michigan, and now he's done great things as a coach at the University of Michigan. Um, maybe if he won and the Super Bowl. a lot Bowl, of his career as a Chicago Bear, too. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Maybe if he won the Super Bowl with the Niners, maybe that would flip it and, and say, okay, I'm going, you know, if he could choose. I'm going in as the with the Niners colors because, you know, I got that championship. Um, you're right, and it, it's just about what – elusive championship means more is it because I think he has a better shot to win the national championship than he does the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. because you go to Carolina would, Denver yeah. or Indy you're not winning a Super Bowl anytime not anytime soon. not anytime close and with that Sags didn't mean to interrupt you is no you're good is not only is it, I, I would agree with you. I'm, I'm trying to put this out. Not only is it better chance to win because of where you're at and who you're right. going to get and the, the university. I, I also, I, 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 not a, just a better chance, but I just wonder if which one's tougher to get back in. I would think that if you, you can, if you're, you can always, if you're successful, I guess here's what I'm trying to say. If you're a successful college coach, there's all with some NFL background, they're always going to have an opportunity for you to go. They're going to you're they're going to be tempted to give you an NFL opportunity because yes, he started there first. Other than USD or UCSD, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think it was USD one, one of the two UCSD maybe, and then the Raiders as an assistant. It was one of those San Diego schools. Yeah, yeah. And I think then it was Jim, San Diego. right, right. And then Jim, you know, got into it before you know it. He's a head coach and killing it and and kicking ass wherever he goes. Yet then there's the other side that says, if you're a great NFL coach, do you all, and if you've been a success, like if he left Michigan, there's always, is there always going to be a college job for you? What's easier to come back to Matt rule back to college at Nebraska or Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL with Denver. It almost feels like going back to college seems easier. If you had success in college before you took the NFL job, then the question is, if you didn't have success in the college job, how many opportunities is the NFL going to present to you? So right. there's a lot of different ways to look it, at it. Sex. I don't, I don't know, but the truth is just be honest and tell me which one you love the most. Cause you're right. going to get paid at both. It feels like if he leaves Michigan to go to the NFL, it kind of feels like the NFL's it. Like I don't see him going back to college just because I don't know that he'd want to go back to another school outside of Michigan. You know, Agreed. now that he's been in his alma mater, he always said he wanted to coach there. Now he's done it for whatever, a handful of years. And I don't know that if he went to the NFL, went to Indy. And that's the other thing about going to the NFL. Two years, you have two shitty years. You may be out. And, and then it's like now three, of them, guar- three of them guarantees it. Right. And so it's just like, I, I just don't know the... the the mindset of Jim Harbaugh, I don't think many people do because he's a little out there, but uh, we'll see. And hopefully he makes this decision quickly. Hopefully it's a thing where he comes out and says, nope, I'm not leaving Michigan. Of course, me, I hope he does not leave because things have been so well under him and he's going to continue to push for national titles uh, every year he's there. Um, but will the lure of the NFL be too much for him? I'm not That's sure. True. I'm Great. not sure. Uh, jump into the playoff. 
Michigan loses by six, uh, 51, 45, a game. I did not see the, the style of game. I did not see coming. Uh, Michigan made a lot of mistakes that I think cost them early. And just starting with the first drive, the, the fake play tried the Philly special. You're a smash mouth football team. Run it down their throat. Got two uh, cute segs. That's two cute. For me. You, you, you had the two pick sixes. Um, it, it was just, they didn't show up. The, I mean, the fact that they only lost by six is the most surprising thing from the game for me. They should have got blown out. Yep. Uh, even though the score was high, TCU matched their what was perceived as a, a major mismatch physicality-wise. Yes, yes they did. It, it, they, sure. they did. And in that game, that's number one. Just kind of like Ohio State did with, mm-hmm. with Georgia. Um, Duggan's passing numbers were, you know, the completion percentage, but they made unbelievable plays when yes. necessary. Right. They made big Hit plays. the big play. And I'll tell you what, Sags, I know I've watched him, but Winters is, he took the game over. He was the best player. He was the best player on the field. Yes, he was. On either side of the ball. And there were some dynamic friggin' football players on the field on for that game. Yep. But he was. It was almost like every single thing he did that he prepared for, it was like, oh my gosh, they're opening gaps. I'm running through them. He he didn't miss a beat. He played right. out of his. He, he was. He put it this way: if you didn't know who he was, you sure as hell do now. Yep. And I yeah. fortunately have watched him because I'm in here in Texas and seen a lot. But he took it to another level. So it seemed Michigan uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically not physical, gave up big points at inopportune times, and TCU's resilience deserves credit. Cause they are tough and they made more plays, big plays, and they got a few extra stops. And when you get two touchdowns on pick sixes, you're going to, you're yeah. not going to lose very often. Exactly. You're going to win most of your games. And, and the best, you know, the, the biggest thing for TCU was Michigan cut it to five and yep. then they had the big touchdown and then Their they response cut it. Sags, they yes, kept responding. Yes. They didn't exactly. let momentum beat them down. And then Michigan gets it to three. Michigan had all the momentum late in that fourth quarter. And then they get it to third and seven or eight, whatever it was. And then that crosser to Quentin Johnston, where DJ Turner had the shot at him. He had the chance to tackle him for, uh, uh, for to make it fourth down. And he missed the arm tackle. Johnston took off for 80-plus yards. And that kind of made it. Now Michigan came back and made it close again, had another chance to to win the game at the end. But that play was kind of the seal for TCU. Had an, and they had an answer for every comeback they made. That was it. They they yeah. found a way. And if even if it wasn't pretty, and it was when you score 51 and 45, it wasn't pretty if you unless you like offensive showcases. Mm-hmm. But the, the, I'll tell you also, the way Duggan, you know, Made made some throws, given ground on blitz pickups. Yes. Knew where to throw Ooh. with accuracy at the right time in space. I mean, just some really uncanny stuff that's DNA, Sags, that you understand. Yeah. Okay, here's where the pressure's coming from. Let me hold it a split second longer and get him in space. And then a big fellow like that makes one guy miss, and you can't miss. Because yep. if you're pressuring, you gotta you got to count on what Michigan's done all year, tackle. Yep. And, 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 and they've done they it all year. And, they, and one thing about TCU, man. They've got some friggin' Sunday dudes now. Oh, they we do. We saw, and they, they and they, do. they offensively, they showed up, and it, and at times they needed to match and not get caught up with and match big play for big play. Their physicality hung in there. They did at first. You said, are they starting to wear down? And they didn't. And they bounced back with a big play. They got a lot of guts on that team, and that's why I'm not counting them out. I know the spread. But I don't even know what it is now. Yeah, I'm not looked. counting them out yet, Sigs. I'm, I'm just not. But. 
the Stetson Bennett's doing the same damn thing as Duggan did, man. How that he's making NFL throws under duress at times. I think how's he making these plays? Yeah. And in tribute to C.J. Stroud in the other game, he was he was minus a lot of weapons and hung in there. He played out of his friggin' mind too. He, he really it did. Was a, he, impressive. He lost Marvin Harrison Jr. after a big hit. Um, Georgia wins 42-41. I don't know how Georgia won that game, to be uh, honest, looking back. Agreed. Seeing seeing the plays, seeing everything. I don't like they should have lost by 20. I, it, it was just one of those games where they just hung around, just hung, just did enough, got the big play when the DB fell down um to the wide receiver deep. And Georgia's just that team. Georgia is Alabama from years ago when Alabama was winning championships with guys like John Parker Wilson and, and AJ McCarron. That's what Georgia is now. They don't have the big, you know, the big quarterback who can do everything. They just have the scrappy guy who knows how to win. And that's what Stetson Bennett did. And he over, listen, he made a bad throw. Yep. He threw a pick and I'm thinking to myself, Ohio state's not only going to (coughs) win, excuse me, win, they're going to win impressively. Mm -hmm. They kept, they kept hammering away and frigging hammering away. And he throws that pick, and instead of pouting and letting it happen, his toughness and he then sakes he made some throws down the stretch into windows. You're like, oh, that were that uh, one uh, he uh, made to the right, yes. where the two Ohio State players literally came in like this, and the ball just came right. I don't know how he got know, in yeah, there. They showed the replay, and I still didn't know how it got through. It takes balls to even want to make that throw, yes. let attempt it, let alone make it. And sakes one thing about him, he plays like a monster in big mm-hmm. in big games. Oh. And he continues to do it. So Georgia's tough, but Ohio State, they, they showed me something. They showed me resilience, too. They had no business losing that game, but that's a tribute to Georgia. The, smart, the best play of the day was Kirby Smart's timeout on the fake punt. Yep. That, that game may have ended because yep. of that. And hey, whoever made that call, call that from upstairs to say Brilliant. timeout, 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 that Brilliant. coach deserves a raise. Because yep. you know that had to come from because it was on the opposite side of Kirby no Smart question. where the where the what they were showing on the game. So it was a stone cold lock for a first down too. Yes, no doubt. Oh, easy, easy. Yep. So uh, we'll talk. We'll you know kind of preview the national championship game, which is next Monday on either Thursday or Friday, whenever we get together next. And thanks we'll for leaving down. my Trojans out. We can come back to that. They oh yeah, yeah, defense. yeah. Uh, well, uh, hey, they don't fucking, play defense. Thanks. Fucking <laughs> tackle. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, fucking just, tackle just somebody. Jesus tackle Christ. Tackle a fourth grader. Just yeah. once, please. My boys well, could run he, through USC right now. Yeah, hence why they're not in the in the final four, Sakes, because they right. they can score forty but give up forty plus. And exactly. Tulane, Tulane's a damn good football team. They are Fun. no business. If you can't tackle somebody, you can't get somebody down. No matter how good your offense is, you can't win a ring. It's yeah. Bottom line. Bad game. Bad game. All right. Thank you to Bet Online. Thank you to Believe. We will talk to you guys on Friday. See you. Thank you, Segs, and prayers, prayers, prayers. Continue to pray for our guy, Demar Hamlin, out there that he gets a full recovery. It'd be great. For sure, for sure. All right, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.